The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effect you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. What's up, y'all? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. But for one last time, I need y'all to roll. I'm sorry. You can probably also... F- I, I, I should have asked this before. You can also find him on Threads, which is pretty much the other side of Instagram at this point. In Facebook. Correct. <laughs> uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, SAG is on strike, also with the writers. Uh, also with the writers at this point, I guess. So uh, don't cut the line. Pay your people. I mean, actors are getting paid, but pay your people what they're supposed to be paid. Exactly. Uh, but you can there you go, <laughs> which is terribly appropriate, I guess, at this point. Absolutely. Um, you could also find this here podcast on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcast, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Please make sure to click like, subscribe, and to leave all the positive five star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, folks, we are gathered here tonight, as we tend to do, um, and uh, talking about some comic books. And before we get into the comic books of the week, we are going to talk about this week's Marvel's Secret Invasion, number four, which is called Pappy Van... No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, called... I was about to say, you can see me if you are watching on the video or live stream or, you know, the video afterwards. You are more than welcome to... Uh watch once we've done recording uh once we finish recording but yes i am lifting a libation to my lips and that is what brought that to roddy cat's attention indeed actually i didn't see you yet but i knew you had us but <laughs> i'm trying right. to tell you i'm being good so after the show when i get things up then I'll, then i will drink <laughs> there, listen i yeah, i chase mine with water because i need to make it through the show fair enough um, but yeah, so, um, this week's episode was called Beloved, and at first I thought, why, are, why is every, um, episode starting with B? It's only been the last two. Mm. So, I was like, what kind of, what kind of connection that would be? Uh, but no, never mind. it's Beloved. 
uh, not to be confused with the Toni Morrison book, or would it, in a, in a certain way? If you go by certain um, Easter egg videos, there is a connection there, let's just say. Um, but, um, let's see, because the show just came out, we don't want to spoil it, but we do get a little bit of action this, this, uh, time. We, right. And a reveal that we were expecting. Right. In the beginning of the show, if it's, if it's the same one I'm thinking of that he's, that he's mentioning, yeah, something, <clears throat> well, actually there's a couple of reveals actually. So something from last week, we kind of halfway figured it might've been the case ended up actually being the case, but there was also a, few, a couple of different reveals uh, uh, outside of that during the course of this here uh, episode. Sure. Um, um, one of which, uh, actually, not even one of which, I will also go, I'm just going to skip what I was about to say and just say one of the most expensive product placements <laughs> as far as I could, could tell to date Oh, right, 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 right. Or at least in one of these shows that is not like a car or something. I'll put it that way. True, true, true. So, um, which I, I went looking for that because I was like, wait, does he actually drink that? Or is that, they, they, he just was like, nah, just throw the, put it on the show. Uh, we got some capital A acting from, from Samuel Jackson, which we know he could do. Like the man's got range, even though despite what I said like last week or whatever, it's like, yeah, you come to, you come see Jack, uh, Sam Jackson, you know, in a certain way, but we know dude's got some range and he's definitely showed off some of that, uh, in this particular episode, you know, in one particular part, um, which also kind of made me want to see a show like in the past, with uh he and his uh and his um his scroll wife um Vara slash Priscilla. Right. You know, just to see what they got into um I guess before before the the uh the culmination of the division. But then again, I guess because he wasn't around, that wouldn't have been wouldn't have happened. So never mind what I just said. <laughs> but I would right. love to see it though. Right. Uh yeah, there there's a big action sequence to, uh right at the end of the episode. It basically encompasses the ending of the episode. It's a big, big action sequence. It's you know, it's pretty elaborate. They probably blew a lot of their budget on that. If there's one little nitpicky thing I have on that <laughs> is that the the actual vehicle that's attacked is not like based in reality. Because the character that's under attack is riding in a different style vehicle. Okay. That's not where I thought you were going with that, but okay. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all. I mean, which I guess is is a a fair critique. But then again, I I would... There's a couple of things about that particular scene that didn't seem realistic to what would happen in, in that particular situation, so... Right, 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 like, right, wow, right. There's okay. only so much budget for a Disney Plus show, I know. Right. Because and we both know that if this was the played out on the movie screen, it would be a lot more, not realistic, but more true to life in terms of the vehicles that were being used and the vehicle this particular character would be traveling in. Right. And as some people were, were asking about, but um, outside of that, where are the superheroes? I'm like, well, they, they, they're not trying to do that. This is it. One, this is his show, and, and people are scattered to the winds and all other excuses you could make. <laughs> right. 
the world is big when it com- when when it comes down to it. You know, there are only some characters that can travel at the sufficient speed if they're even remotely close in order to intercept that kind of situation, to inter- intercede in that kind of sim- in, into that situation, you know? But there we also got only the... go ahead, few. No, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. That, that, that's my point is that there really are only a few. Right. But we also got to answer to why that would be the case uh, a couple of episodes back. Because... Um, uh, uh, when Rhodey and 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 Fear was talking, and Rhodey was like, "Why could all we just call some of our friends?" And then, and and Fear was like, "Nah, we don't." And and then give them, you know, then give them. Uh, right, 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 right. That's another right. right. That's another way of move, getting around the lower budget. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The budget was the main thing, but it was like, but yeah, but there at least there was some sort of a logical reason why that shouldn't why that wouldn't have been the case you know of course of course so, of course but anyway you know what she hulk <laughs> right you know what ultimately i think that uh you know we're we're moving towards a conclusion where you know we'll figure out uh how this all ties into ms marvel soon and i mean the marvels soon enough that is right uh but um you know we we're now just we're about to hit the penultimate episode next week. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we have a payoff and hopefully this show hits or at least sticks some part of a landing. doesn't have to be a perfect 10 landing, but hopefully it's a good one. Yeah, I, I would like to believe I, I would like to believe it's going to land us somewhere decent. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like, a OK, this stops. There's a end credit scene that pretty much goes into what the Marvels is going to dish out, but I'm hoping it's something that's going to be kind of organic. Organic, but I'm, that's probably asking for too much for these shows. I uh, guess. I guess. Let's hope. I'm hoping yeah. for the best. That's all I can do. Yeah, basically hope for the best. Um, so. We we did get a little bit of in in, in closing. We we did get a, a little bit as somebody pointed out, which kind of tickled me. It was like, yeah, I think this is probably the most we find out about Rhodey. Um, throughout the whole, you know, time he's the, the MCU's been around, because we find that he's quoting uh, quoting wrestling terms. Uh, that's the only thing I'll probably, that I guess, the spoiler for that. Is he? I don't remember. Yeah, he did because he because because the last episode, he I think it was the last episode he was talking about, uh, or this episode, one or two, I can't remember. He was talking about he DDT Fury into uh, Oblivion or whatever the case may be. And then into my that's, that's I don't remember that. Stuff. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. I must have glossed over that. Okay. Yeah. So this is like, in, I don't know. It's also well, people's people's uh, people's speculations about Rhodey was was pretty much right. That's all I'll say. You already know if you know what that is, you know. That, but it wasn't necessarily handled the most stealthily anyway. You know, like right, 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 right. And 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 at this point, we just got to figure out when that actually occurred started exactly that's gonna be i think the big reveal right even if they even if they try, i don't even i'm not convinced they're even gonna do that but mm, I, I would, we'll I see. would be, yeah i would be very curious yeah. to see when that happened and I, and I have a couple ideas myself but nevertheless you know it is what it is but yeah it was right. a decent episode i mean I, it's, I, I was about to say it's likely that it was recent it might have been as recent as post endgame i kind of wonder though 
Um, I mean, that seems that seemed like it would check out. Like, or was it before Falcon and Winter Soldier? Was it after then? Well, yeah, I was about to say post Endgame, pre pre Falcon Winter Soldier, right? You or, know, that's that that seems to be the likeliest because Rhodey was on the mission to get the gems or the stones, right? Well, I will put I will also put something else to you on, on that because. Given the uh, the significance of time between Civil War and then, um, it could have been somewhere between then. And I think there was a there was a story that was told in this particular episode that could pretty much corroborate that if something similar happened. Mm. If the, but we don't know, and whether like I said, what would we find out? It's, you know, if we do, we do. If we don't, I wouldn't be surprised by it though. Because that would have been wild if if he was actually if it happened before the mission to retrieve the stones, right? The time heist. If that happened before the time heist, I would have been like, wow. My gut says it's after the time heist, right? Because then, because then it'd be like, okay, well, now the scrolls know about the stones, so why didn't anybody, you know, why didn't you just like, oh no. I didn't find it or something. I don't know. Whatever. Right. 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 Why would he play along with um, with Nebula, right? Like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but in any case, this is we we are here right now uh, with this whole Nick Fury thing. We got two more episodes left, as Agent Seventy uh, just said. And yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not down on it. Like I've seen people on it, but I'm just. It's kind of one of those things. Is like I want to see where it ends up more right. than now. The journey is great. I think it's. Yeah, in my opinion, it's okay. It's better than meh, right? right? But it's not knocking my socks off. So I'm I'm willing to see it play to watch it play out and see where it right. goes. Right, it's a little bit more subdued now. Granted, if this probably happened when, like, say, before or during he uh, Fury, uh, you know, brought the, the the Avengers together, probably be a little bit more to it. Right, you know, but we're not there, so we're well, well past there. Right. Um, that being said, though, yeah, that that was that for this week. Um, All righty, moving on. President Bartlett. What's next? Uh, we're going to get into books, starting off with, I, I guess, a, a slightly somber note, um, but one we knew that was coming as I uh, grab the cover here. Fallen Friend, um, The Death of Ms. Marvel, number one. So we have a group of creators teamed up on this book, as we have spoken about, as we were uh, learning about the book and and uh, its creators in the midst of the solicitations for it. This book is broken up into three parts. So the the book is written in three sections G. Willow Wilson handles the first one, Mark Wade handles the second one, and Saladin Ahmed handles the third one. The art is handled, respectively, by Takeshi Miyazawa Humberto Ramos and Andrea DeVito in that same order. Inks, I guess throughout, are by Victor Olathaba. Colors, thankfully, are done in part by Ian Herring, who has been a longtime colorist on Ms. Marvel books. Uh, in addition, he's joined by Edgar Delgado. Lettering on this issue is done by VCs Ariana Marr. 
So, yeah, as Roddy Cat said, this has, of course, a very somber tone. It is the right of uh, not exactly funeral rites, but but similar in the Islamic tradition. And this is not something I've actually done myself, observed myself. Hmm. But um, you know, it, it, it's 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 very well done. It's respectfully done and written. Um, and uh, you know, I give uh, Marvel editorial a lot of credit for getting these creators in particular on board to do this issue. Mm-hmm. And I will I will end my comments on this by saying that the guest appearances, the cameo appearances and the guest appearances by some of the more prominent Marvel heroes were well done, were well chosen and reflected uh, Kamala's um, place in the Marvel, you know, official canon. So, you know, we, we all suspect that she is not long for this current status given her uh, next appearance in the Marvel's movie and the eventual uh, inevitable uh, MCUification of the character. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to see that at some point. We're, we're probably going to see developments about that very shortly, probably by the end of the month. So I will hand it off to Roddy Cat with that. Yeah. So that being said, um, one inks uh, the inks that you that Agent Seventy referred to from uh, Victor Alizabo was from uh, Chapter Two. Oh, okay. All right. So, so, so uh, Tak Miyazawa and Andre Devito did the art for their respective sections. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, because that's, that's the, the notice that it was a it was um it said just just Chapter Two for the inks. So gotcha. Uh, but that being said, yeah, this was like you said. This was book was it is a somber book. It is kind of a touching book. Uh, we talked about this uh, prior to the show, prior to recording. Um, there was um, a, a part that kind of irked me, but it's also a thing that happens in real life. Um, uh, we were talking about during one section of the book where basically, and I'm not going to really talk about what what happens, but it calls back to something from from. I will. I will say this part. It calls back to something from the Champions era, uh, and a couple of characters talking between each other and kind of, sort of making it about them, about themselves uh, in, in in a way. Which again, that kind of thing tends to happen in these situations. Not just this situation, but it, when somebody passes anyway, and that kind of irks me. But sometimes you can't kind of can't really. I guess that's. I don't want to say it's human nature, but it's definitely a human thing that, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of irkful, irksome. But that being said, um, like everything was done fairly well. We, it ended. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm still, I like the way it ended. Um, and, and the way it started and the people who showed up, like, yeah, like he just sort of said, everybody who showed up was like, yeah, okay. It was, it was right. We did notice that there was, um, Someone absence, but we also know that uh, Agent Seventy kind of noted that like they're probably saving that for something else that is coming up soon, right? Uh, for for a reason, so which makes sense, you know. If if things go by the way uh, we believe they are going to, uh, with her status change, especially, then yeah, that's going to be the case. But overall, yeah, like it was it was um 
it, it was I don't want to say enjoyable. That's definitely not the right word, but it was a it was a good send off for a character who's probably not going to be sent away that long. I guess. Right, right, right. It's tough to feel too moved by it, knowing what we, or at least suspecting what we suspect. Right. And but it's still a great, I thought, a great depiction and rendition of what the grief and the grieving process that uh, Kamala's friends and family would be going through, uh, you know, in accordance with their culture and in accordance with their beliefs and how they welcome in people who are uh, believers of other faiths or, or believers in no faith, um, how they uh, fold them into uh, their observance of their traditions. And I really like that. I like that it was just very open and, 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 and kind towards the, uh, the outsider. Right. I guess outside hers, but yeah, but I get what you're saying because I don't know. Think about what you're what you're referencing. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's what, kind to everybody except for pile driver, <laughs> which again, so, rightfully so. But yes, right, right. And, and and you need to read the issue for that one. Yeah, yeah, because just like I said last week with um, or last week or week for last whatever with Marvel weddings, where it's something always tend to pop off in the midst. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be the, uh, a book that, uh, a Marvel book that didn't. That being said, folks, uh, we can push on to the next book that we have in common, and actually the last book that we have in common, which is Amazing Spider-Man number 29. So Amazing Spider-Man number 29 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by Ed McGinnis, inks by Mark Farmer, Colors by Marcio Meniz and letters by our favorite lettering, Python, the busiest letterer at Marvel or at VC, VC's Joe Caramagna. We continue the story of Otto Octavius kind of figuring out there's something missing, something wrong with himself. And he's taking it out on Poor old Norman Osborn, who's just trying to make things right. And it turns out that uh, Otto has the upper hand in this issue. He's basically driven off Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson and his old arms. And now he's got Norman right where he wants him. But Norman is not giving him that satisfaction. He just can't get no satisfaction like the Rolling Stones sang. So, in retaliation for it, Otto's pulling out all the stops. And he ends the issue with a certain... Uh, he ends at least his interaction with Norman in this issue uh, on a certain note. And it's, you know, I, I, I feel bad, kind of sad, but we all knew this might eventually happen somehow. This is yeah. not how I expected it to. Yeah, and we also get uh, let's just say we have an interesting twist on the Iron Spider in this issue, and I'll leave it to Roddy Cat. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's pretty much that. Which that was that part in itself was kind of amusing in itself. I was like, okay, we probably should have seen that coming, but no, but nonetheless, we didn't. So good on Deb Wells and crew. Um, what we also didn't see coming was the reemergence of another 
character that <clears throat> wasn't sure whether we were going to see again, but I do love the footnote they have for when this character comes in. Uh, that was that was a pretty amusing. That was probably one of the the, the couple of things in this issue uh, of a couple of a few things actually that made me chuckle in this book. And I know Agent Seventy also has had a uh, has had Lisa. I mean, I I groaned. I groaned. Yeah, I was like, ah. Oh. But I also chuckled at that. I was like, huh, okay. Oh yeah, I mean, I chuckled. I chuckled at the at the editor's note. Right. Not at the appearance of the character, but at the editor's. Note. Yeah, we, I think we went to the same place with that. So I was like, huh, okay. all right. Um, but also, we did uh, start the book off on a nice little flip on a classic uh, Spidey cover, which was cool. So, you know, we've given this book. Um, Grief, some grief, and well deserved grief. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for any of that because it was well deserved and still well deserved. But hell no, notes. we ain't apologizing. But there Shot are some notes. fired, man. <laughs> <laughs> but this, but the book has managed to pull off some nice little things here and there, such as like a, like the aforementioned uh, flip that I mentioned, and the the character showing up, and a couple of other things that this book has been doing in the last couple of issues, or this issue particularly, but I guess the last issue partially. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is, it's going somewhere. It's, it's, you know, I guess that it is the strength on that is why we're keeping on this book outside of the fact that it's, it's Spidey and we both love Spidey. But, um, yeah, I don't know. After that last part, it's still, it, it's still, still on hot, in hot water. <laughs> Agreed. All of that. And with that, uh, we're going to get into the rapid fires. Rapid fire reviews incoming. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. Uh, I'm actually going in reverse alphabetical order here. Starting with X-Men Days of Future Past, Doomsday Number 1. It's written by Mark Guggenheim with pencils by Manuel Garcia Inks by Cam Smith, colors by Yen Nitro, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. This is a little bit of a retcon, uh, basically showing us how we get to the Days of Future Past story uh, timeline. You know that reality that uh, you know that you know that even though that was what two issues in the main Uncanny X Men story serves as you know fodder for stories you know has has served since as fodder for multiple multiple stories and now we've got a little bit of a retcon uh told by mark guggenheim about how we got to that point and it was sad to read it was a little hard to read because there's a lot of you know there are a lot of bad things that happened in order to have that days of future past storyline come to pass. Right. So, and then, the, before you go on, I was going to just going to mention like stuff that we've seen flashes of d- when we saw when, um, you know, during the, the original run and since then, because of, like you said, they keep going back to, so you kind of wonder if it actually needed to, this needed to happen. But at the same time, I guess someone was going to, it's, a, it's fleshed out. Right. Right. The, uh, someone wanted to flesh it out as long, as soon as they got a decent way to flesh it out. Right. You know, and they would tell the So, and and this X Men still sixty year anniversary. So they were going to do something, and why not hit a story that was <laughs> that was pivotal? I guess. Sure. All right. Alrighty. 
Next up is Moon Knight number 25. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Partha Pratim and uh, Alessandro Capuccio and Alessandro Vitti. Colors are by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters are by VCs Corey Petit. So other than setting a record for artists going by the name of Alessandro, this issue is actually really well done because it follows, you know, it's setting up a big showdown between Zodiac and the Black Spectre and Moon Knight. And it's just really, you know, this is definitely a can if, you know, I've got a couple of candidates for click of the week. This is a really strong read this week. I have not really kept up with Moon Knight, but this issue served because it was, uh, I don't know if it was double sized, but definitely larger or extra sized. And the space was used very well and told a very good uh, continuation of the current story. I believe they did say it was uh, double sized. Thank you. Next up is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number eight. It's written by Cody Ziegler with art by Federico Vicentini. Colors are by Brian Valenza and letters are by VCs Clayton Cowles. So we finally are away from crossovers when it comes to Miles. Miles gets to, uh, you know, kind of breathe a little bit, go to uh, 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 a smorgasbord type food uh, truck festival type thing um, in New York City. You know, it's, it's familiar to me. And uh, shenanigans happen not too far away. And um, while what is depicted on the cover does not happen in the issue, it is a nice homage to a classic Amazing Spider-Man cover. Next up is Immortal X-Men number 13. This is a strong leading candidate for Click of the Week for me. It's written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Lucas Vernick, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not really going to talk about details. But what I will say, what I will say about this is what I told Roddy Cat, is that I think this is a pivotal issue to read, an important issue to read. Before the fall of X storyline starts, before the Hellfire Gala kicks off, this is what I know. I, and I don't know if all the X books are going to be like that before the Hellfire Gala, but this one in particular, because Immortal X Men has dealt with the Quiet Council and the, and the political machinations of uh, the Quiet Council of Krakoa, this issue is pretty important to read. So I highly recommend it. And that's it for me. All right, as I uh, filtered through uh, the the book, or the variants of the book, <laughs> um, we're going to go with uh, Star Trek number 10, uh, the, uh, the ongoing thing. There we go. Um, excuse me, written by... Uh, Cotton Kelly and Jackson, Jackson Lansing with pencils by Mike uh, Feehan, uh, inks by Manuel Bracci, and colors by Lee Luffridge with letters by Clayton Cowles. So, essentially, this is pretty much uh, where this book goes into um, the upcoming 
uh, Day of Blood crossover because, as we talked about last week with uh, Star Trek Defiant, um, um, well, Cisco doesn't get it directly, but I guess it is related to him, uh, Worf's message that uh, that we saw from the end of that book, but he it does end up getting that. But before all of that, um, Cisco's trial kind of ends in an interesting way. Um, we have um, a, a Vulcan speaking to the prophets at the beginning of the, of the book. Uh, we do have successive missions uh, going right full, right the, the right way. But yeah, but the crux of it ends up being the fact that, um, like I said, that Cisco's trial ends up going a, a, an interesting way with who was leading the trial, that being one of uh, Damar's uh, nephew, showing uh, showing himself um, as the leader he is, let's just say, and not to give away what exactly he does, but also um, a, a little um, in cap on the whole, uh, on part of the Dominion War uh, at that, at this point, which if, um, if you did not know, this book takes place after the events of uh, Deep Space Nine. Um, so, yeah, there's a little holdover that kind of gets taken care of before uh, this crew ends up going into the Day of Blood, which is, I think, is probably going to start next week, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, keeping in the Star Trek corner, Star Trek, uh, the motion picture Echoes number three, which... Amusingly enough, I actually just watched uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture again uh, fairly recently. So that's, I don't know, not because of this, but just just because it was there. But this was written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Oleg Chudikov, uh, colors by DC Alonzo, letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So I've talked about this book in the past. We have um, uh, a parallel universe, Uhura. Uh, chasing after parallel universe Chekhov, um, who has um, absconded to over the neutral zone. Kirk has uh, a plan, or Kirk pretty much made a plan to get over there to them, and that plan is pretty much uh, still kind of going. And he ends up having another plan because he and uh, Prime Universe's Uhura end up getting caught. But this is Kirk, so you know things tend to uh, uh, tend to go away. But in the process. Um, Something happens to one of the crew. There's a couple of chats that happen in between uh, Spock and Bones in one corner and Sulu and the, the parallel universe Yahura in a, in a different and for different reasons. But um, it it is all in service of the story because apparently because... Oh, and um, just like in the ongoing Star Trek um, uh, book from this week and just in general there's a Bajoran orb that's involved. So, and there are two different time, time periods, mind you. So, Hey, <laughs> go figure. But nevertheless, there is, there is that. Now, will one end up feeling, feeling into another? I don't think so. Although if it, if it did, that would be interesting, uh, interesting that they put together. Cause clearly they would have had to do some talking about that. Um, but it is kind of curious that that's the fact, regardless. So, yeah. Anyway, regardless, um, uh, yeah, it, it ends with uh, something, uh, another 
caper that's going to end up happening because of uh, an event that happened last issue, not this particular issue, and we'll see how that ends up playing play, playing out. I'm not sure how many issues this is. I, I forgot to check, and I've checked on the others, but um, but we'll see. I think it's five, but I'm not sure. Next book for myself is Catfight, number two of six from IDW, which all of those books I've um, mentioned so far are from IDW. Uh, it's written by uh, Andrew Wheeler, with art by Elias um, Kiriasis. I apologize if I butchered your name. Inks by August. Uh, colors by Dennis Yatras. And letters by Hassan Atsmane Alao. So, the the main character, Felix, is a cat burglar. He pretty much got set up John Wick style. And now people are after him. And now he's trying to get to a certain place uh, because uh, a family relation to, of his who was the one who I say seemingly, but I don't know, um, but maybe it was the case, seemingly got taken out. Um, and there's on the other side of this, there are there's someone who either may be behind this or maybe on the side of this that is trying to uh, get uh, Felix's help uh, on a thing that has to do with his family, that of which he's kind of estranged for, from. So there's a whole lot of things that are kind of going on with this. But the John Wick uh, thing is now very much notable. And if you're watching the video version, you can kind of see something that actually happens. Or, you know, that that actually happens uh, during the course of this book. So, it's been pretty good. Also, I'm just going to say, like, for a cat burglar of this dude's supposed note, he has uh, made some pretty bad decisions. At least one or two, which kind of didn't help his situation too much, which is kind of kind of funny. I'm still kind of hoping agent seven is going to pass me one of those, uh, one of those shot glasses, but I know we don't have that technology yet. So one of these days I'm going to have a drink with this man. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> I say that and I could have gotten a drink because, because, uh, anyway, um, let's see last, actually, well, not last book, but last IDW book actually comes from the aforementioned, um, G. Willow Wilson, and it's called Hunger and the Dark, excuse me, Hunger and the Desk, number one, written by, again, G. Willow Wilson, with art by Chris uh, Wild Goose. Wait, I think I might have... I think it's Wild Goose, not Mild Goose. I might have misspelled that. I'll, I'll check that in a second, though. Um, with colors by Mas- Masasic, uh, letters by Simon Boland, and colors by Diana Souza. So this is a... Um, this is a it's built as a high fantasy book uh, pretty much so in a world where orcs and humans are kind of um, yeah, enemies but they're both kind of on dying lands which you know uh, and kind of fighting over the land or whatnot. there is a new threat that is um, poised to kind of take both of them out uh, called the Van Gogh apparently and they come at dusk hence the the, the name so there was an alliance formed between uh, humans and uh, the orcs. And at the front of that alliance is a, um, a human fighter who's the, who's the head of a fighting company, as they call them. I guess they're basically mercenaries. And this orc healer, um, um, you know, who are, who are put together in this uh, um, alliance as a force um, for what... As I say in my notes, we'll love Bloom on the, val- uh, on the battlefield. 
who knows? But so far, you know, <laughs> they are starting to be friends at the very least. But uh, things in this world kind of have a way of kind of coming at you at once, apparently, um, as we found out in the, in the middle of this book. But it's a good read. I don't know, it's G. Willow Wilson. I wasn't expecting too much different than, than that being the case. Um, but I was kind of curious about this, having just heard about this in the last past week or so. So, but yeah, if you're a fan of G. Willow Wilson and you like high, uh, uh, high fantasy books, this one's this one's not bad. This one's pretty good, actually. Uh, next book, World's Finest, the Teen, excuse me, World's Finest Teen Titans number one of six. There we go. Uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Emanuela Lupacino, colors by Jordi Belair. And letters by Steve Wands. So if the the name uh, kind of strikes a chord with you, yes, it is coming out of that Batman Superman book uh, that is also called World's Finest uh, that Mike Wade is also writing that is currently going on. Um, there's, I still have a problem, or that's not necessarily a problem. I still kind of have an issue trying to pin down when this is being uh, set. But as I was telling Agent Seventy, is I'm I'm pretty much resigned to the fact that it's probably a past slash different parallel timeline or something because in this book, this is pretty much when you know Batman was still with uh, well, excuse me, Robin Tim Drake uh, Robin was still with Batman and the Teen Titans were formed. Uh, but also we have things like drones live streams, social media in this, which were not a thing back during when they actually formed. So that's the thing that's kind of slightly annoying about them, but it's still a fairly uh, decent read. In that, you see kind of what seems to be like right after the team formed, and there's a little bit of headbutting in that because of uh, a couple of... because of a couple of... um. I would say stubborn folks, but you know, if if you know anything about the Teen Titans, you kind of know their their closeness one, and the fact that there are some, you know, the um, you know, there there there's some there's there's some family there, but also you know, families kind of fight. But so far, like I said, it's been a good book outside of the fact that the whole. That a live stream slash social media thing that they got going on that's supposed to be in a book set kind of in the past or supposedly set in the past so I don't know I'm going to continue to read it um, but yeah the team forms the the, the, the adults around them kind of has their um, you know put in their two cents about the group itself except for one who was not there at all but um, and they end up fighting someone called and I don't know maybe Agent Seventy can tell me about uh, if this person is an actual person someone called the Separated Man. They end up fighting in this. That's probably probably a very deep DC cut. I mean, there is they have they have characters called uh, Arm Fall Off Boy, so I'm not surprised. Also, but this was one yeah. I've never heard of before. Yeah, so. that one's that, that that's a deep cut for me too. Yeah, okay. So nevertheless, there is that. But at the end, we find out someone's recruiting air for an opposing team. Um, who might that be and who? Uh, what team they're going to be together? You probably know, but I don't know if that's the case or not. So we'll see. And that, folks, is it for my books, Clicks of the Week. 
Clicks of the Week. So we did get one from one of our um, absent panelists, panelists, and I'm putting up the variant cover for it right now. That is Star Trek number 10. Is that the Groove is in the Heart cover? Um, <laughs> no. Well, actually, yes, 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 it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, that was a, that's a, a something we, uh, that's a, yeah, that's a reference to a conversation with, well, uh, I'll put it this way. It's not, panel. it's not, yeah, it's not particularly that one, but that one is in the same shot is the one that is in that, gotcha, that gotcha, gotcha. Us, I'll put it this way. Cause I didn't see that particular variant cover when I was pulling covers. Um, but it's in the shot, it's in that same shot that we were sent. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So, all right. So, Star Trek number 10 is uh, PCN underscore dirts. Yes. Click of the week. Do you have yours? Because I think I have mine. Uh, I, hmm. It's, it's a toss up between actually Star Trek uh, number 10. Um, um, Hunger in the Disc number one, and I can't believe I'm actually saying. Well, Amazing was actually not bad. We got a couple of circles for it, but I don't know if I want to give it for that. But Fallen Friend, Death of uh, Miss Marvel number one is definitely up there. So those are my candidates yeah. at the very least. Yeah, I think Fallen Friend is a good candidate too. You know, I, I appreciated it for all the reasons that I said earlier. Uh, but I think in terms of the best reads that I had this week, the best books, uh, it's probably between Moon Knight number 25 and Immortal X-Men number 13. And I think I'm going to go with my uh, with the strongest candidate, and that is Immortal X-Men number 13, because I, I, I cannot stress enough to Roddy Cat that he needs to read this issue and that I think it's uh, an import, another important step towards what's going to happen post hellfire gala right and i was as i told you just seven yeah i was definitely already planning to it's just a matter of i didn't get a as, as noted i only read two marvel books this week so I, because that's right. all i had time for um unfortunately because there was a couple of books that i actually wanted to get to outside of that including moon knight and immortal but i think uh i actually am going to uh, go with fallen friend the deathless marvel number one there's the actual cover. I'm glad they didn't use one of the other covers that um, that people were beefing about because, yeah, that would have been a, a bad look one way or the other. Uh, but I am going to sit here before we move on to, uh, really, really quick and mention for Gargoyles fans, uh, Gargoyles um, Dark Ages number one came out this week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read that either. So apparently uh, uh, there was that. Um, check out this uh, Hellfire Gala Amazing Spider-Man variant cover there if you're watching the video version of this because uh, that's kind of cool and also wanted to mention what was that? Oh, Scarlet Witch number 6 came out this week mm-hmm. um, which came out this week and didn't kind of get a chance to I'm, I'm saying this because I'm threatening to kind of do those somewhere else but I don't know if I'm going to get around to them that what if Dark Loki came out this week but I'm not going to that, put that up I know fans of uh, Stranger Things and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that came out this week. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Stranger Things came out uh, this week. And I keep seeing Tom Holland's name on the book, but it's not that Tom Holland. 
and, and it's kind of messing with me. <laughs> uh, and Loki number two came out this week, but that's that's pretty much that. Um, that was probably another one, but I'm sure I'll get to it when I get to it. That, folks, being said, let us get on to the news section. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Oh, Rogue and Gambit, uh, number four, and Spirit World, number three. Those are the other two because I was, I was going to mention. But the news. Uh, so we start off with cinematic news, as we tend to do, and we don't have a lot, so we can blow through this. Starting off with, actually, I'm going to take both of these, uh, the first two, because they are related. Uh, so we get a first look at a live action version of uh, an iconic Rebels mural in HD, and that is coming from um, the uh, second trailer for Star Wars Ahsoka, which has which was just released a, a, a day or two ago, and it's pretty pretty good and pretty Rebels filled, definitely. Um, and a couple of Clone Wars uh, callbacks. Agent Seventy, did you get a chance to uh, check the, the, the trailer? Oh, the Ahsoka trailer. Yes. Yeah. When I saw it hit my social media feed, I stopped what I was doing at work and did and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to uh, check it out, it's only been out uh, a couple of days as of this um, as of this recording. Um, yeah, it's 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 very tantalizing. Um, right. Also, weirdly enough, if you, I don't know if this is still the case, but I know I watched it on Disney Plus, and the end of it was having the, was kind of hitching up. So I hope they fixed that. But I know most people are just like I normally would have, uh, would have watched it on YouTube. So that's right. probably not an right. issue. Next up, though. What do you think of it, though? Oh, I enjoyed it. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I don't know, I'm still on the fence on live action Hera. Mm. I'm not saying uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is not a not a good actress or whatnot, but given especially given the last couple of things I've, I've seen her in, she kind of it's, it's kind of feels kind of same in that respect. But um, yeah, the the trailer in itself was good. It was like there's a lot of good things. So I'm like okay, okay, I, I see this and then the other and a couple of like I said, uh, rebels and a lot of rebels and a little bit of Clone Wars callbacks also. So that was also great. Right. About you. So, so what I thought is one. I thought there was an interesting reveal, right? I won't, which I won't spoil or talk about here. But that was an interesting reveal. Um, and two, um, mm. 
you know, Diana Leo Inosanto's back. I didn't realize that right away. Yeah, I think I saw that in the first trailer, and I think I, I just remembered the the reveal that you talked about. Yeah, I thought I thought the exact same thing too. I'm like, huh? I didn't think they were going to go there with that in that direction, right? Right. And three, there was a welcome haircut. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, yes, yes, with the with the yeah with the the. Uh, a character in question, yes. Yes, it was a it was a welcome haircut. Also, yeah, because I know, and I know this is probably going to come out in in the uh, the obligatory Easter egg um, uh, videos that the way that was done was done in a style that has been done in old samurai, you know, and ninja uh, movies. So I was like, okay, they're 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 hitting a little classic touch with this. Mm-hmm. Like, not surprising, but you know, so. But yeah. Get trailer, check it out if you uh, when you get the chance to uh, do so. So, next up. All right, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three news. Marvel released deleted scenes, which confirm the High Evolutionary's fate. So, Marvel Studios recently released the highly anticipated third film, and uh, you know, and it did well, but we end up with. Uh, some ambiguity at the end of the film with regards to the high evolutionary. Apparently, in an alternate ending, there is a different result. So I guess we'll find out uh, all of the other that you know we'll see that and other deleted scenes when we get access to. Uh, well, actually, no, it's it's on stream. It's on uh, uh, what we call it, uh, it on demand now. I'm obviously looking forward to getting it on Blu-ray and digital. Right, I was yeah. I was I say I feel like the 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 fate of the High Evolution was pretty definitive. <laughs> um, Even in the theater version, yes. Uh, uh, from what I can from from what I remember, um, but hey, you know whatever alternate thing they got. Say, we, we we thought something similar to uh, uh, with regards to John Wick, and now look what's happening. So well, yeah, that that is also true. <laughs> that you know. is also true. So, anywho, next. Speaking of uh, deleted scenes, Miss um, Marvel reveals six deleted scene, scenes on Disney Plus. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> says here, Kamala Khan, as we know, is set to appear in the Marvels next. Uh, if you go to the extras tab under the Miss Marvel um, uh, Disney Plus thing uh, uh, page. Then you will see said uh, said uh, deleted scenes. It says, yeah, it includes conflict with her family and friends to the villains to clandestine. You know, it's just some stuff. We're not just necessarily seeing uh, here, but um, oh, okay. This just the, the article just kind of goes on. Talk. Uh, I guess that was a. Uh, Soundbite from Samuel L. Jackson saying that all three characters will be hoisting the, the the Captain Marvel mantle, and then there's a quote that he goes into. Uh, apparently, he was on Sway's World recently, so okay, cool, 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 and that where he talks about it. Uh, wait, Bad Bunny? Oh, hold on, let me Stop read this. Bad Bunny. Let me let me read this. I'm gonna read this quote actually. After Secret Invasions, I'm moving on to the Marvels, where you get you got like three different people who are Captain Marvel. You got Bree uh, Larson, who you got a black Captain Marvel that would be um, 
uh, 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 Photon. Monica. And you got, yeah, Monica Rambeau. And you got a Muslim Captain Marvel, which is, of course, Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel. Uh, Jackson recently said of the project on an episode of Sway's World, the quote continues with, so they are working on the universe in a way that's inclusive, even like Shang-Chi, excuse me, and all of those things like that happened there. And who the hell is Bad Bunny going to be? Like, Bad Bunny's in the Marvel Universe. Who's that? What's he going to be? This is a, That was the quote from Samuel Jackson, I assume. Or maybe Stop with Sway. Bad Bunny! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so... Maybe that's why he's not no longer in the that that Spider Man thing that he was supposed to be doing, but that's apparently is still going. Who knows? Who cares? Next up. Uh I'm sorry, I'm putting some SAG after a strike oh, yeah. story in towards the end of the news. Cool, cool. Um because you know that official that went official today, mm-hmm. and you know that's going to impact what we do here on the Comic Book Chronicles as well as fandom and and nerddom in general. So it's important that we talk about it uh, mm-hmm. uh, to some extent here on the show. But let me backtrack to the story that Rodicat was going to ask me. To read next, and that is Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, 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 Samuel L. Jackson dishes on Nick Fury's unexpected secret invasion marriage. Um, Sam Jackson has talked about Nick Fury's unexpected marriage reveal on Secret Invasion. Spoiler alert! <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, he talks about it. That's you know all well and good. Yeah, I'm just gonna move this news that you put up here up just a smidge. Oh, you're moving it? Yeah. I was about to say because I didn't want to mess with the sheet. I just put it a couple spots down. No, you're good. You're good because I'm. I'm just gonna move it up one. There we go. Wow. Oh, okay. I left that space on purpose so that I could see the gap between um uh, uh anime news if we have any. Yeah, which is which is yeah, which is why I moved it because it was only the. One. Oh. I see what you mean. I see. So you only move that one. I see. All right. All right. right. But carry on. This <laughs> is a little, little behind the scenes there, folks. That, and I'm not cutting it out. Wait, is this the same story? Or Okay, no, it's not. I'm about to say. That look, look like the same. Okay. There we go. All right. Next up, though. Um, there's that. First look at Wolverine and Deadpool in Deadpool 3, which got people uh, all in a tizzy in the last couple of days, apparently. Um, I kind of still don't care, but that's just me. <laughs> I care, kind of. I shouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was apparently there was a for- first look. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the the picture that comes from Ryan Reynolds' Instagram account. Uh, it's Deadpool and um, a yellow-suited Wolverine uh, with a Hugh Jackman in the c- costume, sans mask, um, and underneath, um, yeah, animated versions of uh, or pictures of the two char- characters together. Um, yeah, so yellow suit confirmed. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are just going losing their. Forgive me, folks. A lot of people are losing their shit. Pretty much, this dropped, 
And I'm like, great, fine, you know, I, I, I am definitely one of the, the few uh, ardent, uh, he's too tall for Wolverine people, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, yes. you, you, you know, you're, 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 you got the wrong person, you're approaching the wrong person when you're, when, when, when you say, oh, I'm going to miss you, Jackman is Wolverine. Nope, uh, that's not me. So, uh, you know, bottom line is I'm glad that they're doing it. It's funny that it seems like they're going to be doing a version of Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Hmm. So, you know, it's funny that the, that's that's the that's the um, that seems to be the theme for this for Deadpool three. And before somebody says as if they already didn't, what if the Fantastic Four come out of this? It's, it's not going to happen. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Next up, though. Um, oh, goodness. What happened? Oh, Twisted. wait. Hold on. I got this one. I okay, got this yeah. one. Go for it. Twisted Metal trailer basks in post-apocalyptic extravagance. Oh. So I did not watch this. Peacock launched a live-action Twisted Metal trailer today that provides a much clearer glimpse of the upcoming series than its teaser from earlier this year. Set to the beat of DMX's party up, up in here, up in here. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. Up in here, up uh-huh. in here. The campy clip has high-speed chases, guns, and carjackings, along with ample wisecracks and one maniacal clown. Everything you'd expect from a live-action adaptation of the over-the-top franchise. The two-minute trailer begins with star Anthony Mackie. Setting the tone as protagonist John Doe. Okay. Yeah, I did not. So, I mean, this is not necessarily comic related, but obviously in our, you know, our Fast and the Furious slash Mission Impossible time, which we did not yeah, go see. Slash, I was going to say slash video game stuff, too. So that we too. cover a lot of that stuff. Well, yeah, it would do. But you, even the video games are usually uh, comic book related most of the times. But, um, right. but yeah, this was a, I think I saw part of this. Uh, you know, Anthony Mackie's in this. Stephanie Beatrix from Brooklyn Nine-Nine's in this. Apparently, it's Thomas Hayden Church. The names, the reason why I'm leaving this out, the names that are that are in this show are kind of interesting. Nev Campbell, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, Samoa Joe, and Will Arnett uh, are also in it. The, um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. And it's on Peacock, so I don't know. Like five people will probably watch this. I'm slightly more curious about it than I was previously because of the video game tie-in, and you know because of Twisted Metal. But also, yeah, it's kind of weird. This is the weird thing for live action. <laughs> anyway, next up, you got the next one. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to. Why is this thing wigging out? There we go. Uh, you want me to take it? No, I got, oh, it. You got it. I got it. Yeah, it's just that they're coming in and wigging out for a second. Uh, Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake will premiere at San Diego Comic-Con. So we're getting to San Diego news at this point. Um, Fiona, those, y'all, y'all Adventure Time people know who this is, I'm sure. Um, but apparently there's going to be... Oh, the first episode of Fiona and Cake is going to premiere at San Diego Comic-Con this year, so I'm sure the the fans, uh, the rabbit fans of Adventure Time slash Fiona and Cake are going to be rabbit. Uh, it says here, Wednesday night at um, 
uh, San Diego Comic Con, which is next week. No, I'm sorry. No, it is next week. I'm not. I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stay tuned for. Well, I don't know how much news we'll have, but yeah, I was about to say we're we're gonna talk about you know things that are happening in current events that may very well affect what's happening out in San Diego. Right, week. because we're already getting news ahead of it, so there's definitely going to be stuff uh, going into it. Uh, next up, though. Uh, Adult Swim San Diego Comic-Con panels, Rick and Morty Season 7, My Adventures with Superman, and more. So Warner Brothers Discovery revealed its Adult Swim lineup for San Diego Comic-Con 2023. Panels announced include the Rick and Morty 10th anniversary celebration with a sneak peek at Season 7, an episode preview panel, and signing with the cast of Warner Brothers Animation and Adult Swim's Swim's DC series My Adventures with Superman and a preview panel teasing the epic return of Death Clock in the new animated movie Metal Ocalypse, Army of the Doomstar, and the accompanying album Death Album 4. Comic-Con attendees will also be the first to watch the Venture Brothers Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart at its world premiere screening on July 20th. Um, interestingly, my understanding is that the news that dropped today about SAG-AFTRA may not affect some of these animated projects because the contract for animated voiceovers is a little different. So mm. uh, I'm not sure if it's if, if if these particular panels will still go on the way they are intended, the, the way they were conceived now that the strike has, you know, uh, uh, in the event that the strike is still ongoing when right. San Diego comes. So we'll see. But anyway, next up. Well, I was going to say uh, it's fortuitous that Agent 70 actually got this particular um, uh, article because right before the show, he watched the first episode of My Adventures with Superman, which granted is a part one of two, but he can at least give some quick impressions if he so chooses. Sure. It's fun. Uh, It's light. It's definitely updated. It involves certain uh, updates to the composition of the characters and even the race of the characters you know based off of some of the snyder movies um there is a a change to jimmy olsen but um you know bottom line is it's still you know generally the same kind of workplace uh comedy and, and and sexual tension romantic tension between uh lois and clark and 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 perry white and uh and jimmy olsen that we're all used to when it comes to this group of characters. And, you know, the first episode served as a nice little primer. You know, luckily we don't have a strict origin story because it's Superman. Most people know his origin story or at least the basics of it. Let's not, let's not deal with uh, Kevin Costner being a jerk face. (laughs) Oh yes. Because that's another thing that's going on. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if the particular clip that I saw is going to be in the next episode. Don't save just... me, Clark. Preserve <laughs> your secret identity. Get the yeah, we're, we're ah. yeah, we're, we're we're moving right past that bullshit. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I, I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping Agent Seventy gets to in this next episode that he when he watches get to the clip that I saw, and I'm very curious to see what he thinks of it if it is in there anyway. Um, because that was kind of glorious to me for a reason, which I would not get into at this point, because it would be slightly spoilers, spoilers to him. 
But I haven't watched this myself, and I'm, I'm probably going to watch it after the show. Next up, though, um, DC's The Flash digital release date has been revealed. Uh, for anyone who cares, it's going to be twenty four ninety nine when it hits to all the um, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, and all, all the other services. Um, wait, hold on. Okay. Four weeks in theaters. Four say, weeks. Right. So physical is okay. Physical release. Here we go. Um, July 18th is when folks will be able to uh, check it out on on digital and according to some site and it says here September 5th for the physical uh, if that's the case but it says also says here that Warner Brothers hasn't yet announced when fans can stream on max but which is usually around let me see, it's usually two weeks before. It's usually around the time it goes physical shortly before then is the case. Or shortly around then is the case. But I suspect that could also change. So, Right. Um, so if you want to see The Scarlet Criminal uh, and you haven't already, hey. And, and this uh, this date is to be believed, then there you go. Look for it. <gasps> Excuse me. I am good gracious. Uh, All right. Next up. Next up. The cast of Superman Legacy, this is the James Gunn scripted and helmed film, is beginning to expand. Isabella Merced, Nathan Fillion, and Eddie Gathegi will be joining James Gunn's upcoming blockbuster film, as Vanity Fair reported. Set to introduce a new version of The Man of Steel, Superman Legacy will premiere in theaters on July 11th, 2025, beginning becoming the first movie set in the new version of the DC Universe. Okay. I was going to say Nathan Fillion is an inspired choice for uh, Green Lantern, of which who he is playing, but I believe he has also voiced uh, the character before. So that's, and James Gunn likes him also. And I think he was also in, in yeah, he was in Suicide Squad. So Yes, yes, he played a, a very disposable character in Suicide yes. Squad. <laughs> actually, yes, one that we mentioned earlier, actually, or one that I mentioned right, right, earlier. Right, 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 right. Uh, just very quickly, Merced has been cast as Hawkgirl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fillion has been cast as, i got to open the article. Like Fillion has been cast as Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. Oh. And, oh. No, is it Hal? I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was Hal. I thought it was Guy. I mean, wait, does it say? Oh, hold on. Hold, on, yeah. hold on, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, no, you're I'm scrolling. Right. You're, you're right. Okay, but he has he has voiced uh, Hal Jordan before, though. Oh. But no, you're right. Yeah. It is Guy Gardner. Yeah, William plays Guy Gardner, and uh, Gafegi plays uh, Mr. Terrific. Right. So. Oh, Darwin. That's Darwin for first class. Oh, Gafegi? Yeah, I know oh, his I didn't, name. I, but... I, I don't. I don't remember first class. Well, I uh, remember that because he died stupidly. Um, oh, no. His character died stupidly. That's, that's awful. That's awful. Yeah, I was about I, to say, do we have a story in here about who got cast as Metamorpho? Uh, unless it's in here, I don't think so. Or, or we've done it pr- uh, previously. No, I saw. I I think I, I want. I, I'm, I'm going to Google it, so I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, yeah, go for it because I don't. It doesn't look like it says here. I'm gonna search because I could I could swear I I don't know if it was just a tease. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it doesn't. No, no, it's it's reported in the Hollywood Reporter. Okay, you know, let's slip me that, then we'll put it in there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was about to say there's there's metamorpho news. Okay. Yeah, it's a Hollywood uh, report exclusive. I'm just going to put it in the chat. You'll hear a ding, folks. I apologize, but um, <laughs> they're used to it. Yeah, but bottom line, bottom line is I'm going to pass this on to you, Ryder Cat. And it's interesting to see who they picked. I don't think uh, Roddy Cat is a fan of the Barry show that just ended on HBO. Oh, I know this dude. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, right? Huh. Interesting. Yes. Huh. Okay. Yeah, sure. I saw that hit my social media feed. So, right. anyway, next up. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Oh, wait. No, you're up next, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hang on, let me get back over there. There we go. R-rated Justice League movie confirms uh, Comic Con premiere. So this is for Justice League War World, of which we have spoken about previously. Um, Friday, July twenty-first is going to uh, premiere at San Diego Comic Con Ballroom Twenty uh, at nine o'clock. Apparently. So, yeah, if you're going to be in San Diego, we do know someone who probably will be there. I don't know if they're going to Oh, no, it definitely will definitely will be there. And I'm curious to hear what the experience is going to be like now with the SAG after being on strike. Right. So, there is that. That's pretty much it for this uh this article. Next up. But we all know that our good friend who does go to San Diego Comic-Con does not go for those types of panels. So right. it may not actually change his experience. Right. But we'll see. All right. Next up, Invincible teases major season two news for San Diego Comic-Con. The official Twitter account for Invincible confirms that the Prime Video animated series will unveil some season two news at San Diego Comic-Con 2023. Okay. Like this article or the the quote from this article is like no sandstorms. I'm like what? <laughs> from the Prime Video account. But yeah, I guess we'll get more news uh, uh, in the next week because that was this was from last week, right? So, um, in Riverdale news, which apparently is in its last season, and they're back in the fifties. Apparently, as I keep seeing from the commercial, I think we talked about it. But Jack Hate goes to war over comic books in in chapter one hundred and thirty three. Uh, this well, so spoiler alerts for that, but not really because apparently, since he's in the past, he's been working for Pep Comics, um, uh, who I believe is the precursor to, to um, Archie Comics, if I'm not mistaken. And then it goes on to give uh, a synopsis of the uh, episode, which is probably passed at this point. So, next up. All right, AMC is taking viewers on a free trip into Dead City. The new Walking Dead spinoff follows enemies Maggie and Negan into post-apocalyptic New York City where they must team up to rescue Maggie's son from Negan's former savior underling called the Croat. Uh, After The Walking Dead, Dead City's old acquaintances premiere aired on June 18th as the most-watched drama series debut of 2023 on cable and the most-watched series premiere for streaming service AMC+. Plus. The network has made the entire episode free to watch online on YouTube. Okay. Walking Dead fans, if you're still out there, rejoice. I know there's at least one. But... <laughs> Calling all speedster, speed demons. Fast and Furious Roller Coaster comes to Universal Studios, apparently. So if you're in SoCal, um, 
Um, well, one, I hope you like Super Nintendo World because I probably have never going to get over there to get that, uh, to, to check that out. But Universal Studios Hollywood will bring, uh, quote unquote, innovative and technological achievements never previously employed to this all new thrill ride, according to this, uh, according to, from the park to this in this statement. Um, there's really not much details outside of it's equipped with state-of-the-art ride system uniquely created to engulf guests within the dynamic Fast and Furious universe. So I guess we will probably see some folks drift. Um, and maybe there's a jump a jump a bridge, <laughs> a canyon yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, or or something, or heaven forbid, something from that last movie. But um, it says here that the new ride will be located on Universal Studios uh, Hollywood's upper deck, where animal actors and special effects shows used to be. Uh, don't know when uh, it's going to open, but uh, construction apparently will begin soon, according to this article from USA Today. Next up. All right. In today's big news, that's going to affect what we do here on the comic book chronicles and how we consume our media and fandom, obviously SAG AFTRA, uh, the screen actors guild union announced Thursday today that it is now on strike against the film and TV companies, marking only the second time in Hollywood history that actors have joined writers on the picket lines. So the national board of SAG AFTRA held its meeting today and voted unanimously to approve a strike recommendation forwarded by the negotiating committee. So uh, so the strike begins at midnight on Friday, so in mere minutes, and picketing will start on Friday morning. According to guidelines, and this is the next story, SAG-AFTRA members will not be able to attend premieres, do interviews for completed work, go to award shows, attend film festivals, or even promote projects on social media while the strike is in effect. So, yeah, this is definitely going to put a little bit of uh, crimp in a lot of plans. And I think that some studios had made plans ahead of time, like Marvel decided not to uh, do anything in Hall H this year at San Diego Comic-Con, probably in anticipation of a strike uh, actually happening. And I think that is, is uh, some strong speculation that I heard um, and probably is close to the truth when it comes to Marvel's decision as well as other uh, companies' decisions when it comes to uh, featuring products and uh, and, and um, uh, featuring uh, projects, that is, at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it remains to be seen how... New York Comic Con, the other major Comic Con that's happening after this strike goes into effect, might be affected in October. There's still months away. You know, we are still months away from that, but, you know, that time can go very quickly. Right. So it's also worth noting uh, it, it is not surprising that this happened because um, SAG AFTRA uh, has been in some solidarity with um, the. Uh, with, um, with the Writers Guild of America, Guild, yeah. yes. Uh, since they, uh, the, despite uh, a foot in mouth by one Fran Dresser, who's the uh, who's uh, who's uh, the president of uh, SAG Astro right. at this point, but, but nevertheless, but they have been, and it's kind of been some rumblings that they were going to, if not 
already at that time were going to join the writer strike, um, you know, in, in protest. So, so right. I, I, I would happened. add that in the uh, the follow up article uh, that that I was also mentioning from Variety, they uh, these actors SAG after actors SAG after members are not allowed to attend conventions such as Comic-Con or 90s Con to promote any past or present work made under a SAG after contract. Uh, just as a reminder, SAG after and uh, and the WGA are fighting for higher wages, increased residual payments and protections around using artificial intelligence. Mhm. Um also, well, I don't know if I can I know the Barbie movie is coming out soon. Actually, that's next week. Um, and I can't remember if I know we've I've seen videos of people doing stuff for it, but I don't know. I assume. Wait, is Barbie is Barbenheimer Barbie Hi- Oppenheimer Barbieheimer? Yeah, is that <laughs> is that all? Is that next, next week? week? Yes. So that means you may, so, or may not be right. We may very well be going on movie protocol next. Mm-hmm. Week. Something else we need to talk about. <laughs> Barbieheimer. All right. <laughs> but yeah, but that, but I mentioned that because I know press has been going on around that stuff. Uh, which I guess probably won't be because this is starting to start it. This oh, the, I was about to say the, the premiere. I think I just saw, I saw something in my social media feed that said that the, the world premiere of Oppenheimer, uh, had the cast on it. But as soon as they heard about the strike, mm-hmm. as news about the strike dropped, the cast left. Right. So good on them. Uh, the directors entered the, the, the directors were able to complete a deal. So the director stayed. Nolan's right, because they, yeah because they got theirs like weeks ago um, right so but yeah I'm gonna throw one more story into this that's also related apparently that I just noticed uh, off of Variety uh, DC, Disney CEO Bob Iker says writers and actors are not being real quote unquote realistic with strikes it's very disturbing to me so during an appearance on the CNBC Squawk Box on Thursday morning this is also uh, this article is from today the, the 13th um Bob Iger said what I just said. He says, um, here's the quote. It's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing. The recovery from COVID, which is ongoing, it's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to the disruption, Iger said. I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value uh, that they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that uh, reflects the value value that the directors continue uh, to that contribute excuse me, to this great business. We wanted to do the same with the writers, and we'd like to do the same with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that is not that is just not realistic, and they are adding to the set of challenges that this business is already facing. That is quite frankly very disruptive. F you, Bob Iger, for that because that's bullshit. But also, again, Disney CEO Bob Iger, right? Read that as as with the disdain that is rightly given needed. This will be in the show notes, folks. But uh, for now, we are going to go into uh, the anime news. Alrighty, it's the one piece of anime news that we have. Hayao Miyazaki's final film will be Studio uh, Ghibli's first IMAX release. Uh, the movie is tentatively entitled How Do You Live? 
uh, is coming to IMAX theaters. The milestone marks a first for Miyazaki and the animation studio he co-founded nearly four decades ago. According to Anime News Network, the film will also screen in Dolby Atmos, Dolby Cinema, and DTSX when it arrives in Japan on July 14th. Oh, you know what we don't have? What's that? You didn't get the Godzilla news? About... The movie dropping at the end of the year? Oh, no, I did not. Mm-mm. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got this. I, I tweeted it. And... <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just Admittedly, noticed that. I'm like, wait a second. There's, um, I haven't been there's on, a I haven't Japanese been on Godzilla uh, movie. So, hold Man, on. I haven't been on Twitter in the last few days, so... And that's where it's not making it easy either. Well, the, the asshole. It, it's okay. I get it. Yeah. You know, we don't need to mention uh, why Twitter is a, a wasteland. Yes. Uh, um, here we go. People pretty much know, I'm sure, at this point. All right. That, it's, not, it's not that uh, I'm relying on variety. But, they're yeah, the but it's there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, well, if you want, I was about to say, if you want, you can put that in the sheet and I'll read the story. Sure, go for it. Well, wait. All right. Well, no, you know what? Yeah, you put this in here. Go for it. Um, Right, because we did anime news, so we're like in between. We haven't transitioned yet over to comic book or uh, manga news. Correct. All right. So, uh, and this made me think of it because, you know, because it's the Japanese Godzilla movie. Right. So major Japanese studio Toho Company has announced Godzilla Minus One as the title of the latest installment in its Godzilla film franchise. <laughs> the film will premiere in Japanese theaters on November 4th, which is Godzilla Day. And a U.S. release is set a few weeks later on December 1st. That's so awesome. Okay. Nice. That's so awesome. If you watch the trailer, it's pretty cool. The toys let you see what the full redesign of Godzilla is. It's not a major redesign. It's influenced by some of the more extreme depictions of the um, the dorsal uh, plates that are on that that uh, that line Godzilla's back, but it is very much a much mainly. Uh, faithful to the Japanese design of Godzilla as opposed to the American design of Godzilla, the current uh, uh, legendary uh, MonsterVerse design. Right. Uh, did you watch Shin Godzilla? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I saw it in the theaters. Okay. I would. Yeah, I couldn't remember whether you had or not. Because it's folks, good. If folks did not know, Agent Seven Eight, big Godzilla fan. I am also a fan, but not as big a fan as PE is. <laughs> Right, so that that's really cool news. That, yeah, that's um, cool. Ju- that literally just dropped. Did this dropped today. Uh, it does. Yeah, it dropped. Yeah. It dropped Early today. today. Mm-hmm. So cool, cool beans. Uh, next, look forward to us talking about that whenever it drops. Probably going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, movie protocol likely. Now we're going to get into the comic book news. The Spider-Verse's next breakout hero just introduced an entirely new Marvel Universe, apparently. And this is uh, spoilers from Edge of Spider-Verse number three, which I feel like I read, but I don't remember too much about that last part of the story. 
Um, so this has to do with um, a version of Miles Morales' sister, Billy, who's uh, grown up and uh, protecting, uh, grown up and come, become a protector in her own right. Um, she also has some, some, some spider arms. I, wait, is she going by Spider Slayer? I can't remember. Uh, but regardless, um, you can go back to Edge of Spider-Verse in number three, but apparently it says here that, um, well, yeah, it's, this goes back to when, when, when Miles did a, did a, uh, a side step to a different, uh, to a different earth. Met them, uh, met uh, met his, met his grown up sister, and had an adventure with uh, different versions of her and Gonki, and um, but apparently, in the Edge of Spider Verse, that um, some other things kind of flesh out this world, and um, maybe we'll see some more of it. This is the same Spider uh, Edge of Spider Verse number three that Dan Slott said was um, also sold out. But partially based on Spider Boy, so, but we don't have to necessarily go back on that. Next up, next month's Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-one will be a special, oversized issue packed with quote-unquote surprises. So, a host of all-star talent will join Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. to set up a second year on the title with story preludes, glimpses of some of the biggest upcoming Spider projects, and awesome extra bonus stories, including a tale by writer Celesta Bronfman and artist Alba Glez that launches Mary Jane's exciting new oh yeah, era as Jackpot. Okay. Now, some folks, uh, we probably said this before, thought that Mary Jane was already Jackpot because Jackpot was a redhead that kind of slightly looked like her in the first place, but was not her. Right. And now she actually is. So, yeah. Um... Marvel returns to X-Men. Well, we can kind of skip this because this is a preview for um, X-Men Days of Future Press Doomsday, of which uh, HSFD has already talked about earlier. I've got to take this out of the lineup. Next That's time. okay. Oh, you uh, want me to take the next one? Sure, go for it. All right. The Winter Soldier leads a new strike force to deliver justice like lightning and thunderbolts. So this December, Bucky Barnes will put together an all-new squad of thunderbolts to kick off a revolution in the Marvel Universe. Writing duo Hivemind Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing's explosive transformation of Bucky Barnes continues alongside artist Gerard uh, Geraldo Borges, or Borges in this new ongoing series that follows Bucky Barnes in his new role as the revolution. With the demise of the Outer Circle, Bucky is the last person alive who holds the power of a century of dark secrets. Now he'll use that knowledge to embark on a bold quest to take down Marvel's greatest threats, and he'll call upon some of the toughest, deadliest, and cunning players in the world to assist him. The new Thunderbolts lineup includes Black Widow, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Destroyer, uh, um, taking on a mantle, uh, of uh, the destroyer, uh, White Widow, Red Guardian, U.S. Agent, and Shang Chi. If these characters sound familiar, <laughs> these are kind of the MCU versions of the Thunderbolts. Hmm. See, I was going to make a joke, but yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So wait, did that Sharon Carter thing already happen, or I guess this, or is that going to yeah. be new for this? Okay, because no, 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 that happened in the pages of Cap. Right, because I know when. One part of the seven fifty issue, I think. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I still need to go back and read that because I know, I know part of what happens in that book, but uh, I, I, I guess somebody was going to do it. Okay. Um, 
Next up, though, Marvel announces uh, San Diego Comic Con twenty twenty three lineup. Um, it says here that um, they're they plan to bring exciting panels, exclusive announcements, all star talent signings, uh, and thrilling fan experiences at the Marvel booth uh, number twenty three twenty nine, not six one six. Sadly, uh, starting Thursday, July twentieth through Sunday the twenty third. Although, uh, given what we just said previously, maybe some of that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and does it say anything about what they're planning to do? Yeah, it goes through some stuff, but we don't necessarily go through. There's something about the Hellfire Gallery. There's gonna gala. There's gonna be a store. Some stuff about Marvel Snap. Um, oh, Marvel Multiverse, which I'm looking forward to. The 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 um. A tabletop RPG. They're going to have a panel on that stuff, and and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'm sure the usual stuff like the the next big thing, the, this week in Marvel, the next big thing, or whatever the case may be, other stuff is probably going to go on with some side stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be very comic and and pro- maybe even video game based because Marvel Studios is not going to have a presence. Right. Speaking of video games, uh, EA is making a single-player Black Panther game. Oh, that's big news. Another big Marvel property is being turned into a video game. This time, EA is developing what it calls an original, third-person, single-player Black Panther game. There are few other details yet. There is not even a screenshot, but development is being handled by a new EA studio called Cliffhanger Games in partnership with Marvel Games. Okay. So, I'm not... I think this is the one that has, was already that had been announced like late last year. That's going to have uh, Captain America in it. I think this is the same one, but it's not saying here, or if this is a different Black Panther. I, I doubt the very serious they're doing two Black Panther video games. So I'm going to just assume that this is the same one, and they're giving it to a new uh, a, a new studio. So I hope that game is good. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, though. Uh, X-Men 97 toy reveals Storm's new look. Uh, uh, I'm scrolling through. Uh, This is from the Marvel Legends Reddit, apparently. Uh, Do we get a good big shot of this, or do I have to click through? I guess I got to click through. Uh, So if you're watching the video version, you can see the said Reddit post. Um, Wait, actually, and that's not even... What do you mean... It's not even a picture of um, of Storm. It's basically looks like a store shelf with um, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Rogue figures. Uh, but I'm not seeing anything about Storm, of which this talking about. Oh, it says here that fans can see the Weather Wizard on the packaging sporting a fashionable Mohawk. But which I don't know. Looking at the picture, I can't very much see that either. Um, but okay, sure. The closest you can see is the top of this article, which I'm showing right now, but that doesn't look like the Mohawk. So anyway, I'll take their word for it. Next up. Mm. All right. Walmart has announced that their 2023 summer collector con event will begin on July 18th. You can expect the new Marvel legends, Bucky cap and Joe fix it figures that Hasbro previously announced to go up for pre-order then. Oh, okay. So, the, so, so the Bucky Cap is a Walmart exclusive. I'm probably going to try to get that new Bucky Cap. I know you would. 
<laughs> uh, wait, there, there was Joe Fixit already a builder figure prior to this, or am I tripping? Uh, I think so. Uh, but it was a or, different. It looked different than this, right? Or there was a different version of Joe Fixit. I think we probably have. I think yeah, I think that might be the case. Or maybe this is the one we talked about previously. That's probably the case. Either way, hey, um, there is the Bucky Cap figure if you're watching the video version, and there's Joe Fixit. Uh, next up, though, GI Joe classified, classified. Now we, I think we've pretty much talked about this before. We definitely talked about this uh, after the show, but so the GI Joe helicopter, the Dragonfly, has is on um, HasLab, their Kickstarter thing. I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week. In, in, in fact, they have made their first two stretch goals, and their last one is this character. Whom I don't know, called David Crazy Legs Thomas, not to be confused with the breakdancer. Right. Most certainly. Um, but if you're watching the video version, you can see the um the uh the, the character or uh, uh, um uh, a picture of the character with uh, the accoutrement. But they still haven't made it yet. So there's still as the last time I checked, which was a couple hours ago, there's like Three thousand, around three thousand ish away from making that goal. What's the deadline? Uh, the seventeenth. Oh, so it's still a few days, but yeah, right. that's not a lot of time, right? Which you know, sometimes the stuff like this kind of come through at the last, uh, last, uh, last minute. But at the same time, like I said, they've already made two stretch goals, and whether this one makes it or not. And as Agent Seventy told me before the show, it was like, yeah, people are pretty much all right with the fact that <laughs> the the thing got funded, so. Right, they got funded and hit the first two stretch goals. They're happy with the extra figures that they're getting. They're getting right. a ripcord and they're getting another a female pilot. Right. So they're all right with that. Where the crazy uh, legs um, makes the cut, we'll see. Next up. Right. So uh, let's see here. Funko revealed that the latest three-pack collectibles um, will join this year's San Diego Comic-Con dubbed Funkoville, which is an annual event for fans of anything pop culture related and action figure collectors. So they're going to have a three pack of the Powerpuff Girls consisting of Blossom, Bubbles and Buttercup. Mm-hmm. And you can see the figures uh, on the video version. There you go. Last but not least, um, Skybound's Transformers reboot is reigniting a controversial G1 debate, apparently. Um, And that debate is... Oh. It says... Weird. Okay. Um, It has to do with Soundwave's tapes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It says here is... uh, One of the villains present in the series is Rumble, who's known as one of the Soundwave's recorded cons, which I have never heard that being said. We just call them the tapes, man. Yeah, Um, man. Yeah, so it was Rumble and Ravage. Uh, no, Ravage was the, the the Panther. Excuse me, Rumble uh, and Frenzy, Frenzy was the was yeah. were, were the, the yes with the two twins, as it also says here. So, what's the controversy? <laughs> You're gonna make me look at the article too. Yeah. Oh, design changes. Oh, there. Okay, this this thing is going deep with 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 uh, with stuff. So basically, they're apparently. Uh, there's a design change, uh, and I guess with, within 
the two aforementioned uh, tapes and some others because they're, they're ah, so reverse the colors of the two Decepticons. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and then they're also talking about Ironhide and Ratchet, which is another, yeah. But look, Transformers is known for Lin thing as having twins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, 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 boy, I wish you had Sunstreaker and uh, Sideswipe, also notable. Right, um, right, right, right. Some would argue um, um, Bumblebee and Cliffjumper, but they were not the same. So Gotcha. gotcha. That's uh, so funny. Yeah, that's what I was like. Okay, I didn't know that was a controversy, but uh, but you can see the if you're watching the video version versions of the tapes, which somebody has, I'm jealous of, or at least or at least uh, Rumble and Frenzy, and apparently there are like three different versions of them each. Goodness gracious, that's crazy. Um, and apparently, Frenzy ends up was a GoBot in the Transformers. You know, I'm gonna stop reading this article. Um, <laughs> how dare they! Um, anyhow, that is the end. Y'all know I love me some Transformers, but that's, that's crazy. Um, that's the end of the, the news section for, for tonight. Can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And before we get into the exit plugs and announcements, hmm. Roddy Cat and I should discuss a couple of things about Movie Protocol. One, we thought we might be on Movie Protocol this week because we thought we might be going to see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 um, in theaters opening this week, mm-hmm. uh, which would have necessitated uh, going into Movie Protocol tonight to record at a future date. That did not happen. So maybe one or both of us will see Dead Reckoning this weekend at some point. I'm hoping to. Or before before the next show, right? Or before the next show. Uh, Interestingly enough, next week is another possible movie protocol week because it is Barbie and Heimer. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to watch Barbie and Oppenheimer, but... Um, Oppenheimer's opening next week. And my understanding is that uh, I'm supposed to go to see Oppenheimer also. But we'll see. Maybe things will fall through and, you know, we'll end up recording at a regular time and date. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be um, posting this on um, social media. Uh, look for me on threads also. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see what we can do about getting our show up and running uh, next week while, you know, San Diego, you know, and we'll, we'll get some early news on what San Diego is like. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. The wife, my wife is interested, seems to have some interest in watching the Barbie movie. And I, I'm not going to say that I don't also, because that's already bonkers, but right. 
I don't think we will be going on movie protocol for that because we will probably likely, if we did actually go and see it, it would be early in the day. Right. So, but if there are impressions of Barbie next week, you will know why. <laughs> um, and on that note, uh, we're going to close this here puppy out by saying um, you can find me, Roddy Cat, on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at News There's Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram, not on Threads or Facebook um, at this point. And that's not the same. Get on Facebook because no. Agent uh, Underscore 70 on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. And Facebook in, 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 instead. But you know, hey. Um, I'm also rather. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Network on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com is on uh, all the Zumbrella sites therein. Excuse me, that's Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Uh, he's mm-hmm. probably on threads too, who knows? Uh, Tim, D O G G 9 8 on Twitter. One shout out to Tim, two congratulations to him. He knows why if he ever gets to see this, uh, hear this. Um, right. Congratulations, to Tim. Yeah, shout out to he and his family. Um, but you can find Sir Sir Tim at um, CB Cron also on Twitter, which is the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, theclicknation.com, and there's all his umbrella sites therein. But his main bread and butter is uh, comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off under the name Timothy Adams, which is his name. He might also be on threads. I don't know. <laughs> People have popped on the threads, threads thing for one reason, but I feel like one evil is... It, we got enough evils as it is. Someone needs to come leverage Twitter. That's all I'm saying. If you know what leverage is, you know what I mean. Go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and get out of the way. Um, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today! You can also find us on your podcast, Bruce, the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Kyle's Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. And hey, whether we re- record next Thursday night like we normally do, uh, you know, we do record on the YouTube channel of you, uh, the, the Click Nation, which is youtube.com slash the Click Nation, and simultaneously twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and uh, leave us five star reviews, and hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live. Yeah. And with that, uh, stay tuned to the socials for, for our any announcements that we will have about next week's show. This has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Wakanda forever! 